Welcome back to episode 35 of the Run It Three Ways podcast. As funny as last week's episode was, I'm hoping to stay connected to this one. That being said, we are without one member of the podcast this week, as Tom can't be with us. In today's episode, we've got some training weeks to dive into, as well as the first few days of the World Championships in Budapest to cover. Callum, welcome back to the pod. How are you doing this evening? Hello, mate. I'm all good. Just had a trip to Aldi. How are you doing? Successful trip. Yeah, successful trip. I don't really like going in the evening, but um, we, we're busy this weekend, so needs must. But yeah, got it done. We're actually in and out in 12 minutes. Full family shop. Well, I say family shop, two-person shop, 12 minutes. Wow. It's a record, I think. That is efficient. You can tell both of you are runners. Well, yeah, no running in the shop, actually. I've got quite a bad blister, so I actually had to be that guy that went out in just bare feet and uh, flip-flops. So I Ooh. looked like a bit of a wally, but um, I needed to heal. So um yeah, that was my evening. How exciting. I'm probably going to have a few profiteroles once we finish recording. What about yourself? Very nice. Uh, yeah, just got back from the gym. Been doing a little bit of last minute packing um, off to Budapest early in the morning uh, for the World Champs. Really looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I've still got, well, I say I've done some packing. I've basically put my shoes and my running gear in there and that's as far as I've got so far. Very good. Do you know what you're in, st- in store for in the week or is it a bit of like a surprise itinerary? Um, so I'm basically going to be working with ASICs running on their Instagram for something they're calling the Budapest Diaries. So at the moment, I don't know if you've seen anything uh, on their socials, but no. uh, American uh, runner influencer has been taking over their channels called uh, Lauren Green. She's okay. quite a funny like personality. You've probably seen some of her videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going out for the second week. So I will be taking over the ASICs running Instagram as of Thursday, no, Wednesday. So I'm hoping that I will get to see some of the 1500 metre final, but I'm not too sure really what the full plans are until I get there. Yeah, surely it's got to be a little, uh, you know, they want you to get the best footage possible, right? Little access all areas. They're not going to take so. you out there to not watch the events, are they? Yeah, there, there's definitely going to be a focus on the ASICs athletes. So I've got like a, um, like a, almost like a top trump set of all of the different ASIC sponsored athletes from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Like some of the, some facts about them. Um, one of the key figures is a, a javelin flower, thrower. Um, so I've been doing a bit of reading up about that. Uh, hopefully get to speak to Mo Coutier and uh, Bacioletti of Italy. Yeah. Um, obviously Mo Coutier isn't in the final now, but we'll, We'll discuss that when we go through some of the world yeah, champions. He's in the he's in, in the, the fi- he's in the five k though still. Yeah, he he de- he wasn't sure if he was definitely going to be running it or something like. Um, oh, really? But I guess now he's not in the fifteen hundred meter final. He'll definitely be lining up for the five k. Yeah, you'd think so. Anyway, let's save the uh the the world champs results until we get through to the results section. I guess. Definitely. Um, you want to talk through your training first, or do you want me to? Um, do you want to go first? Yeah, go on. Then I'll go first. Um, cool Monday. Uh, I'll fly through my week nice and fast, um, as there's only two of us. We may as well. So Monday, I did 7.97 miles at 6.48 per mile. That included five times 25-second strides. Nothing ready to report. Standard kind of Monday run. Tuesday, I had a tempo session. So normal warm-up and cool-down. And then I had five-mile tempo um, at 5.02 per mile. Got down to about 4.50 by the last mile. Um, Very so yeah, nice. About 25 minutes. Yeah, good, good. Felt way better than I expected to feel um, first kind of tempo session back or any sort of, I worked out that the longest rep I'd done before this had been in a race, like 1500 meters had been the longest rep that I'd run for in training. Yeah. In training, I'd just been doing like one K at a time, maybe a couple of two K reps or a mile rep here and there. 
Um, so yeah, a bit of a, a longer focus, but had Matt Leach, who was back over from the States and visiting family to help out. Who's a two, don't know what Matt's run, 214 maybe, 213 marathon. So perfectly equipped for this. Basically ran his marathon pace for five miles. So he was literally jogging it around. Um, and yeah, it's quite hard when you first start out trying to get into like what the right zone should be and kind of making sure that it's a like a hard effort level, but not like past the red line as such. So um, yeah. yeah, I was reasonably pleased with how I got it. Probably hurt a bit more than it should for the last mile or so, but um, kind of, yeah, to say it's the first one I've done in ages, I was pleased enough and could have probably done a couple more miles if needed. So that's always a good sign. Um, what's so that... this um, What's this road loop like? It looks quite pretty nice in terms of a nice rectangular, only four corners. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. Well, I mean, it's a nightmare if there's wind, obviously, because then you get such a long straight, you almost get half a mile with... Um, with wind it's about a mile i think a little bit less and ideal if anyone can see this on the map basically ben inside that rectangle is like a university campus so it's oh, kind okay. of like labs and um the, the, just all sorts of different university buildings so it's fully pedestrian which is good there's no cars oh brilliant um so yeah that's pretty ideal and it's right next to the track as well which is great so that was tuesday wednesday i um had a double no just a single on wednesday so i had seven miles at 638 um, I've been utilizing the off-road map that I discussed on last week's podcast to, yeah, great, that. to, to great effect, trying to work out the the different kind of um, styles of paths. Sometimes Have you it figured can, it out yet? I, I, I think it's to do with like what it registers as being an official public footpath and what is you just going off-road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it does get it wrong on some of the, some of the runs because uh, this week of recording, I did a run today and I looked at the map afterwards to see what it was like and it was a little bit dodgy. So um, it's quite a cool feature, though. I think it encourages me to... Well, I didn't realise how much I ran off-road, which I'm really pleased about. Um, if I calculated it, I reckon probably at least 25% of my mileage a week must be off-road, if not a little yeah, bit more. That's pretty good. Which is good good for the legs, I guess. So that was Wednesday. Um, Thursday, I did uh, 7.6 miles at 6.48. Again, just an easy run. This week is pretty much easy running, apart from two sessions, as most weeks are. Uh, Friday I had pretty hard session actually. I was joined by Jeremy Dempsey, uh, who has been away in Kenya for a couple of months and then Australia on his like university placement. He's studying to be a doctor, and one of his like electives was to be able to work in a hospital hospital in Iten, which is pretty cool. Oh nice! Um, so he 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 was out there. Um, we did a hill session, so we had two sets of twenty seconds, twenty seconds, forty seconds, forty seconds. Um, so you know, fast up the hill jog back down the hill you know you know what a hill rip is pretty simple yeah. stuff and then after the last one we had three four maybe even five minutes just easy jogging around and then we had five times 30 seconds uh, on the flat with 60 seconds recovery and we averaged about 420 per mile for the hills and then about 355 mile in for the flat so yeah it was a fast session we worked hard we were dead on the, dead at the end it, it definitely served its purpose um it's a pretty steep hill as well actually so yeah, I was pleased with that session. The the cool down was horrible on the way home. I could tell could tell I'd worked hard. It was like kind of had a stitch, just like did it at a weird time in the afternoon. I'd battered myself going up the hills. It wasn't a pretty sight, but hills do get me strong and there's nothing really better. It's kind of like a gym session and a running session in one. So yeah, that was Friday, which was good fun. And then Saturday, pretty easy, four miles. I was back home for this one. I say back home. I was back at Alice's parents' house um, on Friday night for a, a bit of a weekend with family gets together and stuff. So just four miles in the morning um, after I'd been in London filming a couple of different um, video bits and bobs with Charlie. 
And that brings us to Sunday, which was yesterday. We're recording on a Monday. I did 14 miles at 6.46s, so about one hour 35. Um, again, nice and easy running. Nothing really to report. Nice flat canal where I got going a little bit. Um, tried to go off-road a fair bit. And that brought my weekly total to 58.4 miles. So, yeah, two intense-ish days. Rest just nice, easy running. And little little bit of an increase in volume from from last week just really kind of gearing it up slowly as hard as it is to want to be immediately in shape and organs firing and you've got people that are marathon training or training for this training for that way you're like oh i wish i was doing the sessions they're doing i've got to remember that my target race is like 340 days away or something 330 days away until british champs to try and you know run a good time to go to olympics so i've got to just pace myself in there's no point just hammering 80 miles a week for no reason right now so just ease it in do the basics right get into the gym two three times a week and steadily build up for the next couple of weeks really is the plan awesome and would you say your sessions is going to focus a bit more on like the longer reps over the next few weeks yeah it's just all strength stuff really i mean this week of recording i've got a bit of a different session because i'm helping tom Keane, a guy in our groups run 337 can definitely run a bit quicker uh, I'm pacing him at Watford BMC on Wednesday. So I'll do a fast-ish 800, um, which will be a nice bit of speed. And I've just got some threshold stuff afterwards. Again, some longer reps. Uh, and then on the Friday, what have I got on Friday? Oh, yeah, and then I've got a longer. <coughs> Sorry about that. Oh, Jesus. Bless you. Might have to cut that out. Sorry, headphone, <laughs> li- headphone listeners, that must have terrified you. I was trying to hold that off. <laughs> uh yeah friday i've got like a longer continuous kind of tempo so yeah the 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 stuff that i'm doing basically is like tempo threshold and hills is kind of the main stuff i'm doing but then interspersed bits of speed here and there so i might have like obviously i've got strides every week but then i might have some like 30 second reps after the hills or i might have some like 250 meter reps on the track after i've done some 1k reps things like that um you know, I've got some shorter term goals that obviously I'm trying to do with, you know, road mile trial and stuff like that. But really, it's just trying to get fit, strong and just generally be a more durable athlete. So then when mm-hmm. I do start layering on some speed in sort of March, April time next year, I'll be kind of I'll have a wider base to build a you know taller pyramid on and hopefully get to that 332, 333 um, that I couldn't access this year just because I ran out of fitness, essentially. Um so yeah, it's just a slow approach. There's no point being kind of in the shape of my life right now, to be honest. Yeah, um, so makes yeah, sense. Quite enjoyable, not having to worry about being super fit, but equally is a bit sort of, you know, you have to kind of just check your ego and remember that you're training for bigger things because, um, you know, you see some people proper hammering it and their goal race might be in three weeks time or it might be kind of the road relays is their like main thing for the year and they're kind of all systems go. You can't sort of, compete with it or you have to hold yourself back a little bit in reps or not just go out and run an extra 10 miles this week just because you think that you want to you know um be on the same page as them in october because it's not when it matters for me when it matters for me is kind of next june so just trying to exercise a little bit of discipline at the moment nice one and when did you say your the road mile championship is 8th of september so that's two weeks on friday it's it's not, not long at all no, not long at all, but it's like an intermediary, intermediary goal, you yeah. know, and a road miles predominantly strength based anyway. I've still got a good reserve of just natural speed. It's not something where I want to structure kind of my season or any sort of specificity around. If I start doing, you know, really fast 
200s and 400s and lactic sessions now i'm either going to get injured or i'm just going to waste weeks where i should be sort of building back up and getting some kind of aerobic fitness together so um i'll be ready for it and i'll give it a really good go and i'm sure i can do well you know i I wouldn't go if i didn't think i could make the team but equally there's a there's a bigger picture at play if you see what i mean i see what you mean sweet um yeah pretty pretty standard week to be honest no no bells or whistles you want to go through yours yeah, I'll go through mine. Rattle through that pretty damn quick. There we go, mate. Efficiency. You know, if there's nothing to talk about, there's nothing to talk about. You know, how many episodes we've we done now? Is this 35? Yeah. 35, there's only so much easy running. You know, if something funny happens on the run or it's an exciting yeah, yeah. session, I'll, I'll talk about it for England. But when there's nothing to talk about, that's that's it, isn't it? Fair enough. Righty-ho, then. Let me go through my week. Um, so this week, I started my sort of six-week specific block for the Vitality 10K, which is in the later half of September. So I think when we're recording this, it's about five and a half weeks away, maybe four and a half weeks now. Um, so this was week one of six, started with a tempo session, uh, which uh, is going to be a common occurrence on a Monday for me. Um, and I'm trying to do these on the treadmill just to keep the environment controlled. Um, I've basically added in a tempo session on a Monday when I still have my track session on a Tuesday. Um, it's a bit of a risk, but I think it's going to pay off. Um, I've recently built mileage back up and I'm feeling quite strong. So the addition of a bit more intensity on a Monday, uh, I think is going to be fine, but obviously time will tell. Um, So this session was a 12K tempo at 325 per K, um, which probably actually feels a little bit um, slow when I'm on the treadmill. I'm basically looking at heart rate and making sure I'm in the right heart rate zone. So for me, these tempos on the treadmill I want my heart rate to be around 160 so I want to work my body in that sort of upper uh, zone two into zone three Um, but I don't want to fatigue my body so that when it comes to my track session on the Tuesday that I've got nothing in reserves basically so these are going to be like controlled tempos definitely on the easier side uh, in terms of exertion Um, and that was the first one of the block so 18 kilometers in total for the morning and then i just topped it up with a 6k easy run uh on monday afternoon then on to tuesday uh 16 kilometers in the morning again an easy run um this was just an absolutely beautiful morning had my sunnies on some good music um legs felt fresh um and it's just one of those mornings where it's like perfect temperature to get out the door and that was on tuesday morning tuesday evening i was down at the track uh, in Chelmsford for my sort of speed session. So the way I'm going to um, train during this block is I'm going to do an above speed session uh, on Tuesday, so faster than 10K. So all these reps are going to be at around 5K, 3K and some 1500 meter pace just to make sure I keep uh, some of that speed that I've built up over the last sort of few months and uh, doing a bit of a track season. And then on Thursdays, the sessions are going to be a lot more uh, 10k specific so i'm going to try and lock in that 303 per k pace which is what i'm going to be aiming for when i uh, race in september so this workout was a kilometer at supposedly 5k pace but i went a little bit too hard i'll talk about that in a second um followed by four times 400 meters with only 30 seconds recovery so it was quite a um quite a taxing session um but as i said my first rep was 251 for the K, which is about uh, five to 10 seconds quicker than my 10K pace. Um, so way too quick. 
but I started with the group, which were doing a slightly different session. They were only doing two sets of 1K and then four by 200 meters. So a slightly more speed 1500 meter focus session for them. But I wanted to still jump in and try and modify it a little bit to be slightly more 10K specific. Uh, and that was the advice of, of Haley, one of the coaches. Um, I was originally going to do four sets, but I went too quick. And basically, instead of hitting 5K pace, I was hitting 3K pace for the 1K reps. Um, so I still, it was still a really good session, but I just, um, I think I just went a little bit too fast on the K reps in hindsight. Um, but managed to hold 66s, 65s for the 400s um, throughout. And I've still managed to knock out a 64 second last lap. So, yeah, overall, very happy with that one. Um, nothing else really to say about that one. But it's good to still get some work in with, with the guys on the track, uh, even if I did modify the session a little bit. What are you saying about these on shoes? You posted a video of them already uh, breaking. How many miles do you reckon you've done in them? Yeah, I think I've only done about 60 miles in them. And apart uh rubber outsole is coming off already which is such a shame because i think they're like they're definitely a top tier carbon racing shoe but the durability for me it seems to be a bit of an issue i mean that's um, that's bad isn't it like yeah on your heel as well so it's not yeah easy. it's interesting yeah, yeah, that's... it's a strange spot it just seems like the glues just come away i reckon if i stick it back on it'll be absolutely fine but i mean not these what, shoes not... cost like 260 quid so i was gonna say two, what you want. 260 quid 60 miles you've done you know would yeah you, would you pay four quid a mile i don't know if you would no. um they are good yeah. though I've, I've got a pair and they, they do feel nice it's, it's how yeah. all the super shoes feel so similar but i noticed as well mine i don't maybe it's just the track that they're not accustomed for i don't know but yeah possibly um just rips them a bit yeah bits. mine started to 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 wear a little bit and i've probably done 15 miles maybe 12 miles something like that which is crazy mm -hmm um so that was tuesday and then wednesday i have my recovery paced runs so this was another uh, 16 kilometers at 508 per k um testing out the nike ultrafly um which i just published a youtube video on, uh, from this run um just took uh the shoe out on my local trails i also made use of the um the trails feature or the map that you've been using callum just to just to show the podcast um boys how much of it was on trail i think i managed to get at least 80 percent of that run uh on dirt or footpath by the look of things mm -hmm. um so that was good then on to thursday which was my 10k specific session of the week this one was solo um down at the track so i didn't run in the morning of thursday just kept my legs nice and fresh thursday evening uh, and the session was simple one five by a mile uh, and i wanted to hit around uh, 10k pace maybe dial it down to to close to 5k pace towards the end uh, so first mile was 450 second mile was 449 then 448 then 447 then 446 to finish so literally a perfect progression one second quicker per rep and it it wasn't intentional but after the second rep i, I was just like i've got to try and make this somewhat stimulating for myself if i'm doing this session solo so I just tried to crank it down one second a lap and managed to do that. So I was pretty chuffed. Perfect. Um, good sesh. Yeah, really good sesh, especially solo. I would have loved to have. I reckon I had another rep in me if there was a, if I had a bit of a group. So, um, yeah, just goes to show. I think if you train with other people, it's definitely a, it definitely helps. Um, well, so what, what's the mile pace that you're trying to run for 10k? Sorry, like 451 or something. Yeah, pretty much. 451. Okay, nice. Yeah, around 450. Yeah. 
Um, then they warmed down, nothing to report. Thursday was a, no, sorry, Friday was a double run day. So 16 kilometers in the morning and eight kilometers in the evening, both sort of easy uh, type running, bit of course. Well, on to Saturday, uh, I did my local park run with the family. Uh, Meg did her second park run, first time she's ever run 5K um, without stopping. So she smashed it. Um, she did it with my little sister Ellie as well. So it was nice to see him uh, running around together. I did a bit of a progression run, started at 4.10 per K and finished it around 3.30 per K um, and ended up coming seconds. I basically caught the guy who was uh, leading the park run the whole way uh, until about, I caught him at about 4.9 K into this 5K run. And I just, I didn't have the heart to go past him and take his his first finisher token off him because uh, he'd been leading the whole way. So I played Mr. Nice Guy uh, and let him have the, first place is this in the plan then every week a progression run or was that just cut sort of you just felt like it on the day yeah so i had um two 12k runs um two 12k easy runs on saturday but yeah fancy doing a park run uh instead just because the family was doing that so it was a natural progression really just sort of just happened um Decent. and then 17k in the evening again easy paced um a little bit longer easy run to make up for the lack of mileage in the morning um so still 22 kilometers roughly of of easy-ish running a little bit of a progression and then finally my sunday long run um with my chelmsford teammate seb he came to me at 7 30 in the morning so credit to him he lives about 30 minutes away now so um i was going out for a picnic in london uh, with mick's family so I think we were leaving at 10 o'clock, so it meant we had to leave by 7.38, really, if we were going to have time. Um, and again, slightly modified what I had in my plan. I had 12 um, times 1K on, 1K off. Um, but to make this a bit more accommodating for the two of us, um, I did 3K warm-up, 20K at 3.45, so a sort of steady effort for me, more of a upper tempo threshold effort for Seb. Uh, and then a 3k warm down to finish. So 26 kilometers at 359 per K, which finished off a hundred mile week for me, which is, yeah, a decent first week in the block, 161.5 K. Very solid. Is the, is the plan to stick with the same volume of workouts for the next sort of four or five weeks until you race then sort of doing like two proper workouts and then having sort of like three or four more steady state runs. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two sort of, interval sessions and then that monday tempo are the sort of uh quality days and then i'm planning to yeah hold the mileage at around 100 miles yeah for the but next then, but then you've, all, you've also got the progression and you've got the you've done basically steady state in the um in the long run as well in the long run as well yeah yeah the the steady park run was won't be a common thing it's just what happened this week in terms of the way the training happened so um, I'd like to build that long run up a little bit, hence why I have sort of two easy days um, before the long run, um, just to make sure that's a little bit more quality focused rather than just being another easy, easy couple of hours. Decent. And any um, races before the Vitality? I know you've got this World Champs thing. Have you had any thoughts about that? I know we mentioned last week you were just planning on um, kind of using it as a tempo-ish session. Yeah, I think that's still the, the plan. I don't think I'll fit any other um races in before because it's such a it's only six weeks away when i started the block so 
yeah, I've got the 10K on Sunday in, in Budapest. But yeah, I'm going to either easy run it or tempo it. I'm just going to run around with the camera basically and make a bit of content. So that won't be a, uh, a, a race effort for sure. Very solid. Good week. Uh, 100 miles. Can't complain with that. Exactly. Cannot complain. It was awesome. Smoothly as well. There wasn't really any runs where, where I felt like I was slogging it. Um, legs seemed to recover pretty well. Been sleeping well, eating well. So that always helps. Lovely stuff. And what I thought we could do out of interest for the listeners is look at Mr. Tom Folan's week, considering that he's not here, <laughs> and have a brief look at what he did. Um, yeah, let's do it. So this started... Was it the 7th? Is that when? No, that can't be right. When did... Oh, he's not done anything this week. That's what's throwing me off. Hold on. Um... He had his longest run ever that he was going to tell us about. Well, not ever since coming back from injury, like 50 minutes, I think. Yeah, hold on. So when on did Saturday. this... Was it, the... was it Monday the 15th? Is that right? No, Monday the 14th. Must have I don't been... know. I think it was the 14th. There we go. Uh, so Tom Folan, he did... Didn't do anything on the Monday, hence why it's confusing me on his Strava week. So on Tuesday, he did a uh, 6.28 miles, 45-minute oh, hey. run. He's put double digits, I'm guessing, because he does it in kilometers. So he must have been into 10K for the first yeah, time. Yeah, 10.10K, 4.28 pace. Very solid. Uh, then he's, he, I don't know what he's done the next two days, but there's nothing here. And then th so three days later, he's done another 45 minutes easy. Um, 5.67 miles at 7.53s. Um, classic out and back through Bradford-upon-Avon, as you can imagine. Down the canal path while it looks things. Yeah, and then yesterday, so that's the 20th, so he's had a, he's had a day off after his 45 easy. He's done another run, which is his longest yet. He's 50 minutes. Another out and back on the canal. And he felt, felt absolutely, sorry, he wrote, felt absolutely appalling until the last couple of K. Legs wanted to go faster. Lungs want me to quit running and take up chess. <laughs> so imagine that Tom said that in a, uh, a far funnier way. Um, but yeah, shout out Tom. So he did 18.4 miles, two hours, two hours and 20 of running. Um, so I'm sure he'll he'll fill us in. But by the sounds of it, the next time we'll hear from him, because you guys are both busy this week while you're away. Um, yeah. Hopefully he's managed to keep some running up while he's in Budapest with work, but I know he's going to be busy. But fingers crossed he might get to the magic 60 minutes. If he's done 50 yesterday, then surely he's going to do 60 minutes this week, which could be pretty exciting. It's going that way. Will you meet up with Tom for some runs, do you think, while you're both away? Yeah, I think so. I'm not too sure like on the schedule when until I actually get there in terms of how much free time I'm going to have. But I'm planning to do as much of my training as I can. I'm just mm -hmm. going to have to fit it around... Um, obligations and stuff but hopefully there's a treadmill in the gym that will help me out um because the weather looks like it's about 32 degrees in daytime so it's going to be tough but yeah I have oh, to adjust it a little bit you'll want to you'll want to run outside like a city that's taken over by athletics like yeah yeah, a yeah athletes everywhere you should message some of the athletes that are already out uh of the you know that have not made the finals and stuff that yeah are, yeah that are just dossing about Irish McColgan, fancy a little tempo She's in hospital, actually. Sad times. Oh, yeah. Um, I did see that, actually. Yeah, she said... 25 hours. 25 hours in hospital with only a chair. And do you know what I thought quite good? I get that. I get why you're complaining, yeah? But someone posted about this on Facebook and in, in a Facebook group and someone made a really good comment. They were like, if you can still post on Facebook complaining while you're in the hospital, it probably, <laughs> mean, it probably means that the hospital bed is with someone more, more you know, urgent. Yeah, but, yeah. With the state of the NHS, you know, either go private or shut up about it, man. I don't want to hear you saying I've been in hospital for 25 hours. Yeah. Um, 
if your fingers are still working and you can still type complaints on Twitter, then I reckon you probably don't need a hospital bed. A chair will suffice. Yeah. That's just my opinion. But if I am ever in hospital complaining about it, guys, I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what it's for. Give me sympathy. She didn't just. She didn't uh, specify why. Dodgy knee, maybe. No, I hope she's all right. I mean, to go to A and E must be pretty serious. So obviously, yeah. I'm, only, I'm only joking. I hope she's all right. But I would imagine she is. It's not urgent by the fact that she is um, still regularly Instagram storying uh, yeah. images of the hospital. Um, but yeah, who knows? Right? Should we should we talk about some of the results so far? So the World Champs started on Friday the nineteenth, didn't it? No, yeah. sat- Saturday the nineteenth. Yes, Saturday. It starts First on day was Saturday. We were on day three. Yeah, as we're day, recording. yeah, we're recording on Monday. But it seems like a lot's happened already, to be honest. Um, we'll fire through, a few, fire through a couple of things. Uh, so I guess we should probably start with some of the finals. Obviously, we're only really focusing on um, the endurance events here, with the exception of a few kind of British successes and random things that have happened. So 10,000 metres. It was Cheptegei that won in the men's. And I think he closed in like 53 seconds or 54 seconds or something. Pretty, yeah, 53 and a half. Yeah, something pretty nuts. Um, that was a that was a great race. There's a few people that vastly underperformed, like Joe Klecker and stuff, that you would have expected to be a bit higher up. Um, but... Yeah, great race, and you know, shout out to Chep's guy. Three world golds he's won now, which is pretty nuts. Mm. And then Teske won in the women's the ten thousand meter gold, which was a like like yeah, a bonkers race to be honest. Um, mm. With Sifan Hassan taking a fall about twenty five meters, maybe thirty meters away from the line, which you've got to feel sorry for. But that's running, I guess. She did take it like a champ, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, when you're so good, like you've almost, I, I know she's not won the gold like yeah. offici- officially but like it arguably, she pretty much did yeah it arguably shows the people it's like well she would have won at worst she was getting silver you know yeah which is like kind of a when she's got so many accolades and stuff she probably kind of she cares but she doesn't care if you see what i mean um but crazy to think that falling 30 minutes 30 meters from the line will have cost her like thousands <laughs> thousands of dollars yeah, yeah. in prize money which must be a pretty sad feeling no matter how rich you are you must you know no one's gonna be able to take that well surely yeah, she's probably lost about, oh, I don't know, seventy thousand pounds for the win, and then whatever oh, it would have dollars. been with a Nike contract. Yeah, dollars. dollars. Yeah, dollars. Um, but yeah, pr- pretty nuts. Uh, and on the same night that she fell, Femke Ball in the race afterwards in the mixed four four by four, um, she fell in almost the exact same spot as well. Flat yeah, on, flat on her face, which was sad. Both, both. Yeah, the same. that was probably worse, I think, because she dropped the baton, which meant the whole team was disqualified and. Obviously, Femke Bowler is somebody who wins gold medals herself quite regularly. Maybe not at the world champs level, but um, they were basically on to win gold, weren't they? As the in the mix four by four, um, and she messed it up for the team, unfortunately. Yeah, but also was about to win it for the team. You know, yeah, if, if yeah. they didn't have Femke Bowler on the anchor, they weren't winning gold. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, true. So it's kind of like you know, um, of all the people, you let her off because she was the reason why you were probably there in the first place. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, sad times. Two races yeah. after each other, both fell in the same place. But at least it added some some good drama, which was quite good. Um, on the British side, as the the time of recording, um, Dina Asher Smith has just got through to the women's hundred final, which it might actually be on while we're recording this podcast. To be honest, um, I've, I should have muted the TV rather than turning it off. But she'd literally just got through the semi final, oh, and I think the final was an hour later. Um, but da- and she got through on one thousandth of of a second. So they both ran eleven point zero one, and then they went to the next decimal point, and she got through, which is pretty. Uh, oh wow! It's literally, it's literally like the thinnest way you can get through. 
Um, Katrina Johnson Thompson, she won tough long gold, um, which was a which was crazy. It all came down to the eight hundred at the end. She had to, I think, not lose by maybe three seconds. Yeah. Um, and she held it together with Anna Hall, the very talented American, in second. So shout out to KJT. Had a very troubled career in athletics and has rubbed up a lot of people the wrong way, I would say, at, through kind of just her attitude, maybe. But good to see mm. her come out on top. That was good. Definitely. Yeah, she won by just 20 points. And I think if, if she wasn't in the competition, it would have been a one, two, three for America. So that makes it even bit more sweet that she got she managed to come away with the gold. Was it? I thought it was. Yeah. Wasn't it? I thought it was. Oh, did was it Hawkins that got bronze? Cherry Hawkins. Actually, it was to be a... honest with you, that was that was about after seven. No, about five after five uh, rounds. I'm America pre- were yeah, one, no, two, three. I'm pretty sure it was a German or an Austrian woman that got bronze. Yeah, yeah, that's completely wrong. Could be wrong, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was from another country. But still, yeah, shout out to KJT. And then one thing that we got down on here, just because it was classes. If if you, if you haven't watched it, you should definitely go back and look at the men's 1500 meter semifinals. Obviously. Because I'm a 1500 meter runner, we we talk about 1500 loads on the podcast. But um, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, you know the, the the best runner in the world right now, basically ran the opposite tactics to what we've ever seen him run in any event ever. And you thought you thought the whole race like, oh god, what's going to happen? And he basically did the way that everyone said that you beat Jakob. He basically took the piss out of everyone by doing that and proving he could still win. Came round everyone with 250 meters to go, waved at the crowd with 105 meters to go, and just just cruised home in like a ridiculously fast last lap. So if you haven't had a chance to watch that, please go and watch it because he, that's that's something in like 20 years that people will still be rewatching. I'm sure. Yeah, he was literally egging the crowd on from about fourth or fifth place. He hadn't even got to the lead yet, and with 100 meters to go, and he's like still celebrating. Yeah, but the crazy thing is that everyone's been like, "Oh, Jakob doesn't have a kick." Like, yeah. You'll be you can be able to outkick him, and of course that still could happen. You know, Nagus could outkick him in the final. Like these yeah. things happen, but I think that was just a touch of the the confidence in yourself as an athlete to be able to go. Actually, I'm gonna just run a totally different race plan just to show people I can. It's like yeah. it's immense, and it's so good for the sport to have people doing that sort of thing. I think it's great. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I I love the guy honestly. Like just races anyone, not scared of anyone, does his own thing, makes a load of cash. What a legend. Did you see um? Nordas as well, the other Norwegian. Yeah, I think his is more of a a, a celebration, like a um, a release of like anxiety. Though I think his yeah. is, his is more of a genuine, like yes, we've done it celebration. Because in the heat and the semi final, he's kind of given it a little bit with ten meters to go, and then seemed very pleased that he's made it to the next round. I think yeah. whereas Jakobs is like an actual like. He's a troll. Like, that's actual piss take what he's done, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been like, you lot thought I was at the back of the whole race and that I didn't have a kick and I've just outkicked all the people you said were faster than me. Like, you know, the guy's outkicked Elliot Giles and stuff. It's, like, pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, Who we have down as, like, a kicker. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was funny. And, obviously, I hope, I, hope, I hope the Brits medal, of course. I want the Brits to beat Jakob, but he'd be my next person that I'd want to win gold, honestly, uh, over the Brits, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that agree. Was, that's our kind of world champs roundup so far, I think. I'm sure next episode, whenever we eventually get to it, we'll have some more results, but also we'll have Ben and Tom's perspectives of actually being there for the event, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, it'll be a meaty one, that's for sure. Definitely. Any other results, mate? Not from the world champs, but we did have the uh, Barraford uh, Podium 5K event. Um, well, there's also a, a different event, which I thought 
was worth having a little chat about. Um, the guys at Podium had uh, taken inspiration from the Tour de France, uh, and they basically did a bit of a time trial. Um, so it was, I think they had about 50 athletes going off a minute apart, um, and each athlete had to run a, just over a kilometre, I think it was... It was one, a K, 1K, yeah, yeah. 1K, maybe an extra five metres or something like that. Um, and yeah, it was actually pretty interesting to watch watching the uh, athletes sort of in the tent beforehand uh, and they would go literally when the clock um, counted down to to their minute that they had to start and yeah it was just an all-out effort um, Alex Bell took the win in the ladies event and Joe uh, Wigfield uh, took the win in the men's and they both took a, a thousand pounds in prize money um, and I thought yeah great way nice to see a bit of innovation in the sport um, and we also had the classic uh, podium 5k event, um, which there was a bit of an upset on the men's side. Um, James West was probably the favourite going into it. Um, he's won the UK 5,000 metre championship. Um, but he was beaten uh, quite convincingly, actually, by James Gormley, Gormley um, somebody who I've not really heard much about of. I'm sure, Callum, you've you've heard of him yeah, a little bit more. I, it's, yeah, I mean, it's an upset in terms of like names, but like, yeah, James Gormley's in Cole Hocker's training group at Oregon. Yeah. Um, yeah, has been training for four years with Cole Hocker, Cooper Tier before they joined their respective professional teams. He's run 748 or something for 3K, 330, right. 337.1500. So yeah, really good athlete having a really good year. So good to see him also do it over 5K. Um, and that was a that was a great race to watch. Uh, I, thought mm. James, I thought James would do a little bit better, just had a big stint at altitude kind of coming down. Uh, and I know he's got plans to try and target a fast 5k before the end of the season. But um, yeah, good racing. And then on the women's side, equally good race. Callie Thackeray took the win again. She just loves going around these events and cleaning up prize money by the the, the looks of it over the last few weeks. Um, a Spanish lady who, apologies, I didn't actually get the name. The results are not on the podium website yet. Um, she came second and then Hanansel was third, I believe. Um, and it's worth shouting out in the time trial that you mentioned, the, the kilometers to say they were on a road were absolutely rapid. Um, Joe won in 2.28 or, yeah, I think, 228. which is like, you know, if you run 2.28 on a track with spikes, you're doing well. Like 2, 2.28 on the road is, is nuts. Uh, and Alex Bell, I think, was 2.40 is equally as fast uh, on the female side. So, um, yeah, shout out to them. And that was that was a great event by Podium. It's good to see them, um, you know, still being innovative and not being put off by ideas that people think are stupid or maybe haven't worked towards the uh, or work to the point that they they thought they would but I yeah that's, that's a that's a really cool event for sure yeah and it seemed to be a success so hopefully they do more uh stuff like that obviously they've got the underground um i think they're doing another underground like 3k knockout thing in a couple of weeks time so that'd be good to see how that one goes that's the second time they've done that on sort of like a, a go-kart arena so yeah they're thinking of of different ways to innovate the sport at the top end which is pretty cool to see yeah they've got plans for their first cross country events as well i was speaking to chris about it and he's got some um some cool ideas um mm. to to host some podium cross country which i think would be great because that's just proper racing you know it doesn't matter about times or anything um so yeah that could be quite fun potentially yes uh and the only other piece of news i've got to talk us through is a 92 year old lady called Mathea allen smith uh, set the world record for the oldest person ever to compete a ma complete a marathon. She did it in 10 hours and 48 minutes. And yeah, she's 92 and 154 days when she ran it. So pretty impressive stuff. 
at that age. Um, so if anyone's 93 and listening to the podcast and fancies getting around the marathon course, then uh, then you've got to give it a go. Yeah, and it's 10 hours, so you only need to walk it, really, and you'll be fine, pretty much. Exactly. So if, you know, if you're 93 and you can walk, then you can get a world record. Get on it. Get, <laughs> get entered. If anyone's got a great-grandma or a grandma that's in that age bracket, then uh, give them a nudge. Perfect. Right, shall we uh, hit some listener questions? We've got some time this week, finally. Yeah, go on, mate. So the first question is probably a good one for you, mate. Um, it said it's from uh, Andreas, and he uh, or she, I'm not sure actually, asked, "How do you fit uh, Anders, strength?" It's, it's from Anders. Anders. Anders, how do you fit uh, strength training into your running schedule? On which days should you put strength sessions in relation to your running sessions? Uh, I think it, it depends on the person, honestly. It depends on your schedule. Um. I mean, some people would say the classic hard days hard, as in do your session, do your gym work on the same day as your running session. Mm. For some people, that's unrealistic because, for example, if you always train with your group and because they work, it has to be at 6.30 p.m. in the evening, then I really wouldn't recommend you doing your S&C session on a Tuesday morning because you're probably going to get injured if you keep doing a running session the same, you know, six hours, seven hours after you've done gym. Yeah. Um, so in that case, you've got to be a bit more flexible about it. I think as long as you're sensible with the SNC you're doing, you, it's okay to carry some fatigue into your sessions. You just don't want your muscles to be still, you know, still vulnerable and still repairing, and then piling on a load more uh, intensity on top of it because that is where you're going to start picking up little pulls and stuff like that. Um, you know, if you've just done some heavy sets of calf raises to try and strengthen your calves, it's going to be 24, 48 hours before those have, you know, completely repaired or repaired to a point where they're not super vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so if you go out, you know, the same day or whatever and, and run really fast, it's probably not going to be good for you in the long term. So what I would say is I would, I would, um, my two bits of advice for anyone, whatever level you are, would be, the first thing is keep it manageable. So just start off with body weight things. You don't need to go to the gym. There's things you can do at home with various squats down onto your sofa or core workouts on your rug or whatever it is. Just build in some strength work because your body's going to feel tired just by with, before you've even lifted up a weight if you're not used to doing it. So I'd start with that. And then the second thing I would do is um, don't treat your running and your gym as two separate things. You have to compromise both of them. So if you're in a block where... You, you want to really get stronger in the gym and you've got a lot of weaknesses that you need to repair, like imbalances in your body, then for that month or that few weeks, your running might have to take a bit of a, a hit and you might have to be like, okay, I'm going to slow my tempo slightly. or I'm going to do a few less reps or those sorts of things. Treat strength as part of your routine because a lot of people say, right, I'm running 60 miles a week and I'm doing these two hard sessions and I'll just wedge in the strength wherever I can. And over the long term, it's not a, a super sustainable approach. So um yeah, not a straightforward answer because it sort of completely depends on who you are, what your experience level is and that sort of thing. Um, but generally speaking, just don't do it the same day. Don't do it be directly before, sorry, a session. Um, and apart from that, you should be all right unless you do anything stupid. Yeah. That's what I would say. Some solid advice. I personally do my strength and conditioning on a Monday and then I have a session on Tuesday. So I always do mine, mine on different days to my hard sessions but that's just me personally yeah I do, um, the, I, I do the same but primarily because of my schedule rather than anything um yeah like in an ideal world i probably would you know do a workout on a tuesday morning and then go on a tuesday evening and do the gym session yeah um, but you know i've got life <laughs> and work and teammates and stuff so it's not how it can work unfortunately yeah 
good answers there. Sweet. Um, I, I'll, I'll, ask you, I'll ask you one, mate, because there's um, there's some that I'm not equipped to answer here, I don't think, or not as not as particularly well. Um, this guy wants to know, if we tried on Vaporfly or any good super shoot, this is Fraser, sorry, not this guy, says his name. If we tried on Vaporfly or any other good super shoot in 10 years' time, do you think we will still enjoy them or think they're shit? That's what Fraser says. It's <laughs> a good what? question. Yeah, um, I actually think that in 10 years time i think the vapor file will still be a pretty decent shoe um it came out in 2019 so four years ago um and arguably the vapor fly the original vapor fly is still as good if not the best like carbon plated shoe on the market to this day even now no. so wait va oh wait sorry sorry i'm confused by the names is vapor you mean Vaporfly like the original one that they like the first one that came out? Or was that not called Vaporfly? Was that called The Vaporfly the first Vaporfly that came out The Four Percent was the not the not the four percent, the first like green. Oh neck sorry, percent. I sorry, I thought you I meant think the, it was called. I thought you meant the four percent one. I was gonna say, because like that's obviously not the best. Yeah, that was that's why they that's why they keep creating new ones, you know? Yeah. Um but I think the the sort of first ever Vaporfly next percent that came out in 2019, you had the green and the pink colorways. Um, I still think in 10 years' time, they're going to be pretty decent, but could be wrong. Yeah. What, do you, what do you reckon? Nah, I think they'll be shit. <laughs> no, I don't think they'll be shit, but I just think we'll have better alternatives. Obviously, the margins are getting smaller, but like if you think yeah. about some stuff like running spikes and stuff, like at the time when the spike came out, you probably thought when... You know, when they first got the the victories or whatever, you probably thought, "Wow, like this is amazing! It's so much lighter than we've had before. It's got a hole in the back. It's got this different upper. Like it's all brand new modern technology." And they're the shoes that now it's only sort of six, seven years ago that they were they were the the dogs bollocks. If you put them on now, people are like, "Oh, I could never run in them, or they'll hurt my feet, or you know, blah blah blah." So yeah, I don't think it's a case where you're going to ever put a shoe on and be like, "Wow, this is horrible." It's not putting on wooden clogs, but I think the rate that technology is increasing and the types of new materials and things that are going to be created that we can't even imagine are going to be created now i would imagine will be um yeah will be pretty far advanced i would think yeah. in, ten, in 10 years like um you know i don't know how long wavelight's been around but i feel like wavelight went from not existing to being in the diamond league final which is like the top level of athletics in the world so i feel like anything that's really good will you know fire straight to the top it'll be prototypes and then it'll be in the world top but i don't know it's interesting maybe save your pairs if anyone's got a pair save them for 10 years and then you know you could that'd be a good bit of content you could make comparing shoes 10 years apart i've already already planned ahead mate got a pair of vapor flies and alpha flies are on ice uh on a shelf in my bedroom that i haven't worn and what, won't so get worn so you're making a video in 10 years where you're trying a brand new pair of vapor flies well I, I hadn't had that exact idea but seems pretty good one to me interesting interesting I no wish i'm I was... just saving them for a good for a for a special day i wish i was in a position to be able to hoard uh 200 pound super shoes um but i, I brought them in I... the uh in the nike sale when they were like 70 percent off oh, that's brutal black brutal. friday i know yeah pre-pro direct days brutal exactly um cool one more question then mate before we wrap things up what yeah running... why not 
one running related one. Let's go for Sean. Sean says, I'm looking for some advice about fitting in other races around my A goal race. I'm currently two weeks into my training plan for the Royal Parks half, which has been my priority race for the year. Do you think it makes sense to do the Vitality 10K chasing a new PB two weeks before the half? I would go full send on pace, but only a tiny taper. Uh, what do you think, Ben? Um, so I personally do like to have a, a bit of a B goal race in the lead up to uh, my A goal race, just primarily to see if uh, do a bit of a fitness test and see where where you're at. Um, so I would traditionally do that, like he's saying. I probably would still run as a, a solid race at a decent pace with only a little bit of a taper. Um, but in terms of chasing a new PB, obviously I'm not sure how um, like how recently you ran your 10k PB. But if if you ran it recently and you're going to try and run a race on on tired legs, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to run a a PB over the 10k as well. Um, but yeah, I, I see what you mean in terms of fitting it around. I think two weeks is maybe slightly close. Probably three weeks would be ideal uh, for a half, just to make sure you've fully recovered if you are going to go full send um because you're going to need at least three to to five days to recover from a hard 10k effort so that will have an impact on your overall training so yeah i think it sounds a uh, it sounds fairly common to me to add a little 10k race in there before your your half marathon but in terms of chasing a pb then maybe that would be a little bit unrealistic yeah, I think it totally depends on, again, not to dodge answers, but it totally depends on your running experience, where you're at, if you, you know, what your reasons are for wanting to race, things like that. You know, I appreciate not everyone is performance, not everyone's goals are performance related. Some people just love going out and racing. You know, some people, it's the opposite. And actually, because of work and family commitments, they can only do three or four races a year. So they really build up to them. But generally speaking, I, I hate the model that we've come to, which is like 12 week training block three week taper do a race have a week off then do it again i think so many people are plateauing in their running by like viewing running like viewing training that way um i think you need to view it as a whole year cycle you need to view it as like your training phases and having cycles within cycles where you're working on different unique things i think you know i i don't know i'm not 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 to have a go at anyone but i just i just think that if you set uh, if you draw a circle on a date three months in advance and you say this is what i'm working towards absolutely great like great to have a goal great to work towards it but you have to kind of play things by ear you can't just write a plan and be like i'm going to stick to it whatever happens because things come up and change so what i would say is is if you feel um like the 10k is going to serve a purpose and you're going to gain some physiological benefit from doing the race that's going to um benefit your half marathon absolutely great if you think yeah actually you know, that week I'm not going to do any other kind of VO2 max work or I've not really pushed any of my sessions in the lead up to it. So I want a really hard session to sort of test myself, see how far I can go. You know, fantastic. If you think, oh, this would be quite a good race to do because I feel like I'm going to have gained a lot of fitness and it'll be nice to tick off a new PB. You have to ask yourself, "Mm, is that really important? Or could I just wait a little bit afterwards and maybe do a PB, uh, do a 10K and go for a PB in the future? Um, So yeah, I would just not be too rigid in your training plan. And if you think there's the flexibility to that, flexibility is there to race go ahead you know just do it and race if you're doing it just because you have this certain week's training plan and you think oh i better do it now because you know i can't do it afterwards um then yeah maybe rethink it but yeah if you do let us know um which one you decide and let us know how it goes the vitality 10k and the um royal parks half they both sound like good races so let us know 
Yeah, sounds solid. See you at the Vitality 10K as well. Sean, if you're uh, on the start line with me, say hello. Um, but yeah, that pretty much summarizes this week's episode. We haven't really got any other uh, listeners questions or shout outs this week. I don't know about you, Callum. No, no listeners question. Uh, no um, listener shout outs for me. I'm afraid. I think there is a fair few on Instagram that we'll have to get back to, but it's difficult to 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 keep track and go through. Um, so if we ever miss your messages, it's not out of any malice. It's just because we're all busy. Exactly. Um, looking ahead, what's uh what's coming up in your in your training week in your in your life? Uh, just got training this week, mate. Training, working, videoing stuff um you know working with clients i got all sorts i'm super busy at the moment so uh, nice. yeah pacing what for bmc on wednesday which should be good hopefully we can get get around to some good results um and then i'm sure i have something else at the weekend i probably do but but who knows um yeah busy busy what about yourself yeah off to the off to the world champs in the morning um so i'm not really sure how my training week's going to look um on the podcast next week i'm going to try and do as much as i can but obviously um there's going to be other commitments that i need to need to do so i'm going to budapest um but yeah just wanted to say as well like good job on the on the new series i watched the first episode with uh mr ellis cross and i thought it was a brilliant concept and executed really well so uh looking forward to the next one Thanks a lot, mate. Thanks a lot. We filmed one on Saturday, actually. So hopefully that'll be coming out this week with a, another guest. It's an OAC athlete, which is pretty cool and to get another brand involved. Um, so, yeah, much appreciated. Thanks for um, thanks for watching it. As I'm sure you'll know from your own videos and stuff, each one you do, you learn something or you think about something that you want to change for the next one. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed, they each episode gets a little bit better. But, um, yeah, easier said than done. Definitely. And how's it gone down on, on YouTube yeah, it's good. It's good. The, the, Getting some know, good traction. Yeah, I mean, like, it, I can't care where about. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't speak. I care way more about what people say than any kind of like metrics. You know, in terms yeah. of like everything I'm doing at the moment is trying to do stuff that no one else is creating. Stuff that I think would be really valuable and that I wish people with way more budget and resources than me did. So basically, yeah. and you know, me and Charlie talk about this all the time. It's like we don't care if we're the people that do it. We just want to be the people that show you can do it. And then someone else takes the ideas and does it better. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, of course you have a little bit of pride and you think like, Oh God, uh, you know, that's my idea or they've copied this, but I'd love nothing more than for some, you know, for for example, Tom at pro direct, who's got a massive budget to do whatever they want. And they've got really talented camera guys and every bit of equipment you could want. If they go, actually this guy's onto summit and they create the same series, but do it with, you know global names and with ten thousand dollar budgets then i'll be like great you know because it's good for the sport it'll engage loads of people and i'll know that i had a little part to play in it do you see what i mean yeah, um, yeah so we've got a few projects coming up with kind of um making a kind of i don't want to say drive drive to survive is such a good series that obviously i'm not comparing it to that but if you imagine that style of like mini documentary type thing yeah um on a shoestring budget with only two guys that half know what they're doing um <laughs> we're, we're sort of trying to do that proof of concept stuff so we can prove to people that like there's an appetite for it and when people engage with it and get behind it it shows people that do have money and do work for big businesses actually maybe we should start making this kind of content or maybe we should show our athletes have some personalities rather than just show their workout videos or whatever so um yeah that's the plan but appreciate it mate um thanks a lot
no problem. Yeah, good concept. Personalities as well as performance, eh? Yeah, well, I mean, imagine if Jakob, what we just talked about the guy on a podcast just because he waved at the crowd, you know, we probably wouldn't have mentioned him if he'd just crossed the line in silence. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's their fault. See, it gets people talking. So yeah, good stuff. Right, mate. It's uh, 9.05 on a Monday. So I'm sure you've got to get packing for your flight in what, 12 hours, something like that. Yeah, probably less than that now. Uh, 11 hours. So um, I'll let you get off. But yeah. thanks, a, thanks a lot. And thanks a lot, people, for listening. Cheers, mate. And I'll speak to you hopefully next week, probably Monday or, or Tuesday. So yeah, have a, a midweek pod next week. Have a good time, mate. And uh, safe Cheers. travels. See you soon. In a bit, mate. Bye-bye.